Introduction I hope voters will conclude that I was motivated by more than a desire for power or fame when I ran for office. Those forces explain a good deal of what goes on in Washington, D.C. But when I ran for Congress, what excited me were battles much bigger than one election cycle, the political establishment I faced, and maybe even the gigantic federal debt so many of my constituents justifiably worry about. This book explains those larger, longer-term battles. The campaign I fought in 2014 was just the latter-day manifestation of an effort, now centuries old, to fuse individual liberty, market economics, the firm foundation of Judeo-Christian ethics, and the rule of law and constitutional government that renders those other goals and institutions possible. I began my run for office out of the simple recognition that the establishment and oversized federal government are out of touch with the desires of voters and more responsive legislators are needed immediately. There's nothing like being a member of Congress to make you appreciate what a gargantuan task it is to change things there. It wasn't supposed to work this way when the United States was founded as a commercial society with oversight by a carefully crafted, limited government with enumerated powers. As I go on to explain, though, this seemingly miraculous formula for a flourishing society didn't arise ex nihilo. Many Americans fail to appreciate it these days, but we are the product of a more than 2,000-year tradition that has gradually figured out how to protect and celebrate the individual and unleash the creative powers of capitalism. That tradition wasn't always perfect, We had to learn some terrible, harsh lessons, including seeing the French Revolution turn into butchery and tyranny in the late 18th century at almost the same time that ours was ushering in liberty and wealth creation the likes of which the common citizen had never before known. To understand the roots of the Western tradition, we need to look back at its very start to the philosophy of ancient Athens and the morals of Jerusalem we will find that both shaped the Roman and post-Roman world. And without Christianity, Rome might well have remained a coldly authoritarian empire. Rome had law, but lacked, in a word, love. The value placed upon every individual soul in Christianity is an ethos that can hold together a far-flung commercial society, not a formula for self-absorption. There are times when collective defense is necessary against external foes or unregulated immigration, but the belief that each person matters is the best, simplest justification for letting everyone live freely. That's not just moral relativism talking either. As I will recount, St. Augustine recognized that each soul struggles with earthly temptation, aided by the hope for something above this material plane. It doesn't mean we leave each person unguided by the wisdom of past ages and moral traditions. Thank goodness the hippie mantra, if it feels good, do it, was not the logical endpoint of the Western moral tradition. However, there was a crude approximation of our real moral arc, even in the relativism of the 1960s and the postmodernism of the present-day college campus. Individualism guided by moral traditions, property rights, and the rule of law can bring a more lasting, sustainable happiness than the chaos of relativism ever could. I'll also show how the Western tradition in recent centuries 
led to both the triumph of free markets and the terrible intellectual error of socialism. Socialism might be almost too fancy a word for the irresponsible, debt-ridden mess of our 21st century big government. I will conclude with a sketch of the ethics of liberty that can still save us from fiscal ruin and show how I apply those ethics to legislative battles I fight every day that the voters see fit to let me serve them in Congress. The goal of this book is to keep the big-picture conversation going, not solve every complex issue under the sun. The beauty of the truth in its full complexity may be beyond our perception, but we all sense it calling to us. It is certainly good to put on paper what we can, test our claims in the public arena, and try to deduce which truths work best for real people within history. You will see that I just barely wade into some of the deep, deep philosophical questions in the Western tradition.